Newsom is, is motivated to get rid of the oil industry. Last year, two refineries shut down under his watch. What's your replacement before you decide to, you know, turn it off? Is there a backup plan? Bear in mind, electricity can charge your iPhone, but it can't make your iPhone. It can make the defibrillator in the hospital work, but it can't make the defibrillator. We care about the environment. We want to do a lot of things in an innovative way. The term is California loves to leak emissions somewhere else. We're not drilling oil here, we're getting it from another country. Those countries don't have the same environmental controls we have. And then we're using, you know, oil tankers that pollute tremendously, but we don't count those emissions. They're okay if a thousand people in China, you know, die from pollution, but not, not here in California. My guest today is author Ronald Stein. Today he will explain how importing oil to California is causing a significant amount of emissions and why cutting back on fossil fuels doesn't seem as plausible as one would hope. You know, take a look in your house, take a look at your workplace, take a look at the hospital. Try and identify something, something that was not made with fossil fuels. That's the problem. I hate to be, you know, sadistic about it, but that, that's a bad situation. What does the future hold for California and our plans to reduce emissions? Stay tuned to hear an insider's perspective. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Before we get into today's interview, we want to ask you to sign up to our California Insider email list. You will receive exclusive updates on our upcoming documentary and get the latest inside stories on everything that's happening in California. Go to InsiderCA.com and sign up. Now let's get into today's interview. Glad to be aboard. We want to talk about gas prices in California. Uh, one of the things that's happening, California gas prices are going higher and higher. And recently, Governor Gavin Newsom has, has proposed to tax the, the, the refineries and people that are producing the gas. They think that they're doing, he thinks that they're doing price gouging. Can you tell us more about this? Well, it's going to get worse. <laughs> the California, to understand, there's 13 refineries in California. And California is an energy island. We've got 40 million people living here, about 30 million registered vehicles. And when the United States was exporting oil, California had no access to that because there was no pipelines over the Sierra Mountains. So we're an energy island. And we're consuming oil here. And California, with Newsom's support, is now the only state in America that imports most of its oil from foreign countries. Back in 95, California and Alaska imports accounted for about 95% of our demands within the state. That 5% dependency on foreign countries has increased. Today, it's almost 60%. So before we used to make our own, we had our own oil, the right? Oil production in California was huge. So 95% was ours. Between us and Alaska imports, okay. we had 95%. We we're pretty much So we were getting it from Alaska and we, we had our own production. Right. And so we 5% based on foreign countries. Now we're importing, you know, almost 60% from foreign wow. countries. And Newsom is motivated to reduce our in-state production, which would put us more dependent on foreign countries. Just today, you know, with the price of oil, that 60% import from foreign countries is costing California about $150 million a day. 
every day. $150 million a day. That we're sending to foreign countries. And the irony of the whole thing is he's trying to reduce emissions here because he, he sees California as a bubble. He wants to clean up the bubble. The oil being transported by oil tankers from Saudi Arabia here, their annual emissions, because they use a low-grade fuel, the annual emissions from the tankers bringing in all that oil every day, 365 days a year, the tanker emissions is double, double the entire mobile fleet of California. Let's clarify this. So you mean that the emissions from shipping the oil across the ocean is double the emissions that we, uh, of our daily transportations across the state? Or Let me explain it a different way. Take the entire transportation fleet of California and the emissions are this much. And the emissions from the oil tankers annually is to double. bring the oil here from right. other countries. Is, is double that. So what you're saying is that the emissions that California is creating every day without transportation, right. the cars and all that, is half of the emissions of transporting the oil across the ocean to, to bring this oil to us? Right. But bear in mind, you know, to Saudi Arabia, it's a 14,000 mile round trip. It's big ships. And they're using bunker fuel, which is a real low grade fuel. They're trying to use the cheapest fuel they can to travel 14,000 miles. And, uh, you know, they're not going to put high octane in, you know, and burn that. So they're, they're trying to get here as, as inexpensively as they can and get back as inexpensively as they can. Because we don't want to drill here, we're essentially hurting the environment more, in a sense. Yes. And like I say, with California being the fourth largest economy in the world and being 60% dependent on oil from foreign countries, none of which like us, that is, that's a national security risk. Twice the emissions, plus we spend $150 million every day we're sending to these oil-rich foreign countries, not even sending us thank you cards. <laughs> so, but that's the situation in California. And then California, we have a situation, we got a lot of environmental laws, the low carbon fuel standard, uh, cap and trade, and each year they get harder and harder to meet the emission requirements. It's more expensive. So the California refineries, uh, they incur the most cost to manufacture the fuels. And we have our own blend, right? In California, we have our own blend of gasoline, right? Right, right. And that, you know, it adds to the cost. So all the cost on the supplier, basically if you're manufacturing widget, whatever cost to make the widget, you sell it at the widget cost plus a profit. And so, yeah, their cost is higher than the entire country, all the refineries, 135 refineries throughout the world, I mean, throughout the United States, 700 throughout the world. The other refineries in the United States don't incur those kind of costs. That's why you can see a, you know, one, $2 difference in other states, because they're not incurring the cost, the environmental law cost, plus all the taxes, we have the highest taxes. So it's, it's tough on the consumer. And then, you know, Newsom is, is motivated to get rid of the oil industry, and he's doing a good job of that. Because uh, last year, last year, two refineries shut down under his watch. The Philbus Refinery in Rodeo and Marathon at Martinez. They are not manufacturing any gasoline. They're not manufacturing any aviation fuel. 
They're not making any of the oil derivatives that make 6,000 products in our daily lives. They're only manufacturing renewable diesel. And that's for a couple years and they'll probably shut that down. Now, in Northern California, we also have Chevron and PBF refineries. They're the two largest refineries up in Northern California. And the Bay Area Air Quality Management District wants them to reduce their particular emissions. Because now we're talking refiners in California are the cleanest in the whole world. And AQMD wants them to be cleaner. Well, to be cleaner, they'd have to reduce their particular emissions uh, because the AQMD calculated that 12 kids were having an asthma attack because of the you know, pollution. Um, they're okay if a thousand people in China you know, die from pollution, but not, not here in California. And so both refineries would have to spend in excess of a billion dollars to do the retrofitting to meet those reduction in emissions. And both have said, we're out of here. We're not spending that kind of money, that's crazy. Uh, it's now in court, and if it holds up in court, Chevron shuts down, Marathon shuts down. Now, it's gonna get worse. Chevron and Marathon are the only two refineries in Northern California remaining that manufacture aviation fuel for the international airports at San Francisco, Oakland, Sacramento, San Jose, and the entire Northern California military. So when those two refineries go down, that aviation fuel comes from India, China, a foreign manufacturer. And I'm not sure how Newsom is gonna tax refineries in India and China, but that's where our fuel's gonna come from. Plus, you know, the oil derivatives. You know, when you take a look at the bigger picture, as I mentioned, there's 700 refineries in the world. They're all old. They're getting very expensive to maintain, sometimes almost impossible to maintain and retrofit. And so it's projected that in the next five years, 20% are gonna be shutting down. That's 140 refineries. That's the supply of all these oil derivatives that make 6,000 products in our daily lives that we didn't have 200 years ago. And all the aviation fuels, and you got you know, gasoline and diesel and you know, aviation, all the fuels to support the transportation infrastructure. And so demand's going up because you know, more and more people throughout the world are coming out of their poverty situation and getting into the people industrial. People want to drive cars, they want to have Everybody things, wants everyone to drive. has Everybody wants to now. live like us. Yeah. And so the demand is increasing. At the same time, you're reducing the supply. Well, that's basic economic supply and demand. And so with that situation, uh, you know, I, I just see inflation and shortages in perpetuity. It's, it's gonna continue. So we have two refineries shut down in California and there's right. two more that are gonna potentially. Right. That, uh, what can happen to, to gas prices here? And, and would these taxes, because there's uh, probably the idea is to tax these refineries and send the money back to people or something like that. Is that? The, well, gas prices are going to continue to go up. There's nowhere to, for them to go except up. I hate to be, you know, sadistic about it, but that, that's a bad situation. And, you know, uh, the, the problem is refineries, you know, oil is, is totally useless. 100% useless, unless you can manufacture it into something usable. We learned that 200 years ago. You know, we discovered the automobile, we discovered the airplane, and we really 
found out what oil can do and we over the years got more and more creativity and oil derivatives making plastics and rubber and asphalt and fertilizers and you name it. I mean, like I said, 6,000 products we have today that didn't exist a couple hundred years ago. The medical industry didn't exist before 1900. Telecommunications didn't exist. And all of that is, is based on fossil fuels. And Newsom is, wants to get, you know, just like President Biden, wants to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, golly, you know, where's your replacement before you do that? Because, you know, before I jump out of an airplane, I'd like to have a tested parachute, <laughs> you know? And, you know, I look at, you know, Biden, for example, he wants to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, he's flying in a 200-ton Air Force One plane that, by the way, all the parts and all the electronics and communication, it's all made with oil derivatives manufactured from crude oil. And it's flying on aviation fuel to keep those engines going so he can go 600 miles an hour and travel around the world. Well, he's flying around in a oil-made plane, in an oil-driven plane, He's spouting, we're going to get rid of fossil fuels. You know, give me a break. You know, think before you talk. So do you think there's a plan to, what's, what's the game plan if they were going to change? I, I don't change. see the game plan because they, they don't want to talk about, they don't want to get involved in a conversation because, you know, he wants to get rid of fossil fuels. That's, I'm all for it if you've got a replacement for it. But we've had 200 years to replace fossil fuels and been unable to do it. You know, they come up, well, renewables are going to replace fossil fuels. Well, renewables only generate electricity. Wind generates electricity. Sun generates electricity. Wind turbines, solar panels can manufacture nothing for society. In fact, if you look back at it, all the parts of wind turbines, all the parts of solar panels, and all the parts of the vehicles, EVs, and every other vehicle, is all made with fossil fuels, the derivatives manufactured from crude oil. And you got, you know, plastics, rubber, electronics, glass. It, it's all made with fossil fuels. You know, take a look in your house. Take a look at your workplace. Take a look at the hospital. Try and identify something, something that was not made with fossil fuels. That's the problem. There is no backup plan. So do you think they're just looking at the fossil fuels as just cre they're creating the smog? Is it because cars are driving and there is a smog coming out of them? They're not looking at the rest of the equation where all the products that we're making? Well, it'd be a different subject, but you know, EVs actually generate more because you know, you take about the environmental degradation and many atrocities that it takes, you gotta move 500,000 pounds of earth to make one EV battery. That's a different subject, but no, it's it's the type of thing that um, they're so motivated to go to zero emissions, they're forgetting the one basic fact: the world populated from one billion to eight billion in less than two hundred years, and ironically, right after the discovery of oil. You know, all the six thousand products we have in our daily lives for you know communications, electronics, uh, the medical industry. Uh, on and on and on, has allowed society to develop. Now we've got eight billion people on this earth. And that's the first premise you've got to think about. Whatever solution you come up with, 
there's a lot of challenges. You know, they talk about climate change. I think it's more of a climate challenge than a climate change. But the challenges are how are you going to preserve these 8 billion people? You know, today we got, there's 50,000 merchant ships in the world. There's 50,000 jets in the world. And, and moving all these 6,000 products around, moving food and medicine, you know, to keep these 8 billion people alive. You get rid of fossil fuels, you're guaranteed you're going to lose billions of people from starvation, diseases, weather-related deaths. You know, since, since oil came out and we've learned how to be creative and develop all these derivatives that make everything in our daily lives, we've pretty much eliminated weather-related deaths. You know, we pretty much control weather. We can live in, you know, the Sierra Desert. We can live in, you know, you know up in the Alps. We got the clothing, we, you know, we got heated homes, you got air conditioned homes. Um, like I say, we pretty much control the weather. But uh, yeah, you, you know, that's the premise. So Whatever solution you come up with, you got eight billion people at stake. You mentioned that there is 700 refineries in the world today mm -hmm. and about 200 of them or 20% of them are about, about 20% of them are gonna shut down. Right. Why? Old. Um, most of them are built a long time ago, uh, very ancient, they're very diff difficult to maintain, uh, very expensive to maintain. Uh, sometimes the parts even aren't even available to do the retrofitting. You know, you just have, um, you know, corrosion and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to keep them alive. But at some point in time, you just got to throw in the towel and say, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're out of here. And we've been hearing that there's not much investment in this industry. Why, why do you think this is happening? So if this 20% of refineries shut down, the cost of everything will go up, right? Is that oh, yeah. Well, the, like say, the movement, especially through the ESG movement, environmental, social, and governance movement, is to divest in fossil fuels. And so they're providing, you know, we're, we're talking about bankers setting energy policy. That's dangerous. <laughs> and so, you know, if you, you know, it's, if you're not gonna loan money to, you know, build a structure or to, you know, retrofit a structure, um, yeah, it's kind of like a bank not wanting to loan money to a business. And it's, it's, it's gonna be, like I say, you know, th th everybody focuses on the refineries that are producing the products we're using the emphasis has to be on the what we're using. We gotta reduce our usage because if we reduce the usage, bear in mind, we had a zero emission society back in the 1800s. You know, there was no coal-fired power plants, there was no natural gas power plants, there was no nuclear power plants, and the Beverly Hillbillies hadn't discovered oil yet. And, but back in the 1800s, life was hard. It was, you know, short. People were very seldom lived beyond 40 years of age. When they were born, they very seldom traveled 100 miles from where they were born. I mean, you hear the stories of like Dolly Parton, you know, born in a you know, one-room shack with, you know, a dozen other, you know, kids. I mean, that, that was life, basically, w without oil. Oil changed everything. And I don't mind getting rid of oil, but what's your replacement before you decide to, you know, turn it off, is, is there a backup plan? So it seems like we want to have all these things and we want to have more, but at the same time, we don't have a game plan. No game plan. Because electricity, 
Bear in mind, electricity can charge your iPhone, but it can't make your iPhone. It can make the defibrillator in the hospital work, but it can't make the defibrillator. Electricity is, has limitations. You know, and like you say, you know, if you think about, you know, the 50,000 merchant ships we have and the 50,000 jets, electricity's not gonna run those. We're, you know, the commercial airlines, forget about the military. Of course, every country's got a military, which runs on fossil fuels. But just the commercial airlines throughout the world, they're moving like four billion people a year. You start eliminating them by grounding them, by getting rid of fossil fuels. Um, yeah, it's gonna be tough. And you know, you read about shortage of parts today. You know, you can't even get a refrigerator because they can't get the parts for it. Well, all those parts are made with oil derivatives. And the less and less refineries you have, the less and less oil derivatives you have to make those products. So there's gonna be shortages in inflation and perpetuity in, until you can meet the demand. You gotta focus on demand. So we're essentially being hypocrites. Like we wanna have the stuff that have oil in them, but at the same time, we don't wanna talk about it, we wanna have the oil. How do our leaders, people that run this state and run this country, not understand that these materials that we need come from these refineries? Well, I think the basic problem is they don't understand the definition of energy. They think they can replace fossil fuels with renewables. But renewables, you know, wind and solar, can only generate electricity, can manufacture nothing. The fossil fuels, is useless unless it's manufactured into something usable. That's, that's the mismatch. They're, they're basically saying that energy and energy, but it's not energy and energy. They're really different characteristics because like you say, crude oil is 100% useless. If you could manufacture it, and if you've been through to a refinery, you can see one from the road, you know, all these vessels, I mean, they're heating it, and they're cracking it, and they're cooling it. And, uh, you know, they're making plastics and they're making, you know, the whole medical industry didn't exist before 1900. And they're making products. Renewables can't make products. In fact, if you go back when Ben Franklin invented electricity, all the components to make electricity came from things made from the oil derivatives. So oil is, is the base of everything. It's the basis of humanity. It's the basis of our society. And, you know, we can, and, you know, we've uh, got people accustomed to have more and more demands, you know. It used to be, you know, remember the first uh, portable phone, the two pound phone <laughs> held your ear? You know, now you got, you know, a small phone. Not only you have it, but your 12 month old kids have one. And it, it's amazing. I mean, everybody wants to enjoy all the, the benefits of oil, but they want to get rid of oil. Well, I say, I'm, I'm all for that, but hey, give me your backup plan before you decide to, you know, turn it off. What are you going to use to make the iPhones? What are you going to use to make the defibrillators? What are you going to use to make all the x-ray equipment? So that, that's the, the problem is they 
have the definition of energy. They think renewables is going to replace fossil fuels. Well, they're totally different characteristics. So do you think with the policies that we have right now, with the way, especially the way we think in California, because yeah. we care about the environment, we want to do a lot of things in an innovative way. Well, I, I want to comment on that. When you say we care about the environment, we basically, uh, the term is California loves to leak emissions somewhere else. Like I say, we're, we're not drilling oil here, we're getting it from another country. Those countries don't have the same environmental controls we have. And then we're using, you know, oil tankers that pollute tremendously, but we don't count those emissions. And, you know, anything that's manufactured, it'd be nice to manufacture it here, but if we manufacture it somewhere else, usually it's because of cost. But the emissions over there, we don't count those emissions. So and you're saying we pretend to care about the environment in a sense. Right, but we, 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 we just don't see that. When we, we don't see it, we're okay with it. We just want to exactly. have a clean place. And the same thing with, with going green. You know, the reason I wrote that book, uh, Clean Energy Exploitations, that got nominated for Pulitzer Prize. It brings transparency to the fact that all the materials to go green, all the lithium and the cobalt and all these exotic metals and metals that are used in batteries and wind turbines and solar panels, they're being mined in developing countries. They have no environmental controls, no labor controls, and they're exploiting people that have yellow skin, brown skin, and black skin. And it's to the point that, you know, it, it's okay because we don't see it. It's over there. But you've heard of blood diamonds? Yeah. These are blood minerals. You know, people were uh, all upset about sweatshops, but they're not upset about exploiting people mining for this stuff. A lithium mine is strip mining. It's dirty. You know, they say coal mining is dirt. Coal is clean compared to lithium mines. And in Chile, Chile has about half lithium in the world. And the locals, even in Chile, said, hey, not here. That, that's dirty mining. And the Supreme Court in Chile backed them up. They banned it. So that's half the lithium in the world. Now you're making it unavailable. There's not enough lithium to build EV batteries. <laughs> And as EV, you know, supply gets reduced, same thing, supply and demand, the price of, you know, lithium is going to go skyrocketing, and that's going to drive up the price of EVs. Because, you know, the Tesla, uh, you know, the small sedan has a small battery, it's only a thousand pounds. You get a bigger vehicle, the Ford 150, greatest selling truck in the history of the world. Its battery is 1,500 pounds. The Hummer, the Macho Hummer, has an EV version, but its battery is 5,000 pounds. It's a 10,000 pound tank. So none of this is realistic. It won't scale from what you're saying. Not scalable. And what about our current way of living? So we have 20 till 2035 to go all electric according right. to his plans. But what about the gas prices in the next few years? You're saying it's gonna go up. And the governor is coming and saying, we're going to tax this. It's the fault of these people that are making the gas. And where do you think everything will head from well, it's, it's basic economics. It's supply and demand. You reduce the supply, which, you know, Newsom is trying to do, Biden's trying to do, the ESG movement's trying to do. You're reducing the supply. Like I say, refineries, there's no need for them unless you need products. If we didn't need the products, the refinery goes away. We want the products. 
And until we turn off or reduce the, the want, uh, like say the refineries are still gonna be needed. And when you have less refineries, it's, it's basic economics, supply and demand. Is there a way for California to break out of this energy island that we've become? You mentioned we're an island. In a sense, we, we can only get our own. Is there a way for us out of this? Well, Newsom wants to reduce oil production. That's the wrong way to go. You really got to increase oil production because we're an island. We got to, you know, supply our own uh, availability of materials. There's a lot of oil offshore. With technology today, there is no offshore drilling required. You drill on land and you slant drill to get the oil. But in California, you can't drill. So that's, that's a non-issue. So Don't we have a lot of oil in Kern County as well? We have. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I say, there's, yeah, Kern County is probably the biggest uh, production around. No, there's, there's a lot of oil available. Um, it, like I say, they want to get rid of fossil fuels, but until they have a backup plan, you got to think, we, we got 8 billion people we got to keep alive and well. And to do that, um, you really got to you know, encourage oil production, encourage you know, refineries. You know, th th I mentioned 140 refineries are going to be shutting down. I didn't tell you the good news. The good news is they're building 80 more. 80 more new refineries, but there's bad news because those 80 new refineries are being built in Asia. And so, you know, you know, China, we get all the green materials. They control the lithium and the cobalt, all that. They're going to be controlling fuels and the oil derivatives that make all the products in our daily lives. And that, that's a national. California is a national security risk for the entire country. You know, we saw what happened in Europe with the Russia, the energy, yeah. Russia, Ukraine. All of Europe is really dependent on Russia. Well, a similar situation. We're dependent on foreign countries, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Ecuador. And if they get upset and decide not to ship to us, then supply and demand. There's less oil coming in to manufacture. Now, what do you think an average Californian can do about all this? The people that watch our show, what do you recommend to them? Well, the, you know, we just had an election. And the disappointing thing is the fact that I think about 70% of the people did not vote. And, you know, you're basically silently supporting the policies that are now in effect. If, if, you, if you don't like the price of gasoline, um, yeah, we have the highest cost of electricity, highest cost of fuel in the country. And Newsom is doing everything possible to increase both of them. You increase energy, you increase everything. Price of lumber goes up, the price of bananas goes up, and it goes up, now you gotta raise the minimum wage. I mean, it's, it's, it's an endless cycle. But um, like I say, if, if you don't like the policies, change the leadership. We just, you know, reelected uh, Newsom for another four years. I think his energy, his lack of energy literacy is gonna be exposed. The next four years are gonna be financial torture for Californians. So we have to change, if we wanna really it's go a lifestyle green, change. is we have to change our lifestyles it's individually a total lifestyle, instead yeah. of going and making policies right. to, to pressure ourselves and increase the cost, is that? 
because the policies today, uh, you know, for zero emission is, it's going to get us back to the 1800s. And I don't know, if I don't want to live like that. I don't want to give up my iPhone and, you know, my iPad and everything else. Um, no, like you say, we, we like our standard of living and until they have a game plan, uh, you know, you're going to have a total, total lifestyle change. And right now, because, again, supply and demand, y y you're reducing the supply to make all the products in our daily lives, and that drives up the cost. And, you know, I, I feel really sorry for the people that are, you know, just, you know, barely making it. You know, when I gas up my car, I can put in 80 bucks or 100 bucks. Well, okay, I can afford it. But when I look at that sticker price, uh, I'm in shock that person flipping burgers, they can't afford it. They're trying to pay rent, utilities, put food on the table, you know, medic medication for their kids. And uh, they don't have an extra, you know, couple hundred bucks a month to pay for fuel. And if they're paying that much for fuel, they're going to be paying more for groceries. And electricity, again, it's intermittent electricity. From the renewables, right? The right. Renewable. If the wind's not blowing, sun's not shining, you have no electricity. And that's that's going to be that's going to be tough. And um, a lot of the wind projects and solar projects they're being rejected by society because they're huge. I mean, they destroy the the landscape. And uh, yeah, there's there's databases of all the projects throughout the country being rejected. You know, not my backyard. And so. You know, you're getting rid of oil and you're not ever replacing it with electricity, you know. And in California, we keep reducing uh, or eliminating power plants, natural gas power plants, <laughs> XNAID, you know, coal is obviously XNAID. And uh, the power plants, Newsom gave Diablo Canyon a couple year extension, I think because he needed the votes. But in a couple years, that's going to run out and it's going to go away. You know, everybody wants zero emission electricity. Well, nuclear is the only way to get zero emission electricity. And in the United States, nuclear is a bad name. But there, there's about 50 to 100 nuclear power plants being built around the world. Because they just, you know, they want zero emission electricity and that's where they're going. Ronald Stein, <laughs> it was great to have you on California Insider. You're an author. Thank you for coming by. My pleasure. Hope I didn't discourage you. <laughs>